Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with author, executive, educator, and angel investor, John Rock Foster. He has the mind of an entrepreneur and the soul of a teacher. As a lifelong student of markets, his career failed its way through process engineering, operations, business management, M&A, and corporate strategy, finally failing big enough to exit. He now teaches kids the lowdown on business and entrepreneurship, hoping they will fail bigger and sooner. Middle School MBA has pioneered the space, learning to teach the most advanced concepts to the youngest kids in a way that fascinates and excites them. He's got quite a story. Enjoy. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Everything's good. I'm coming from Kansas City. Where are you located? I'm in uh, I'm in Colorado right now, near Breckenridge. Okay. Wonderful. So we're on mountain time. Yeah, yeah. Normally I'm in, in uh, Baton Rouge is, is my typical base. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, I I remember going to Baton Rouge years and years ago, and I could never figure out how that accent assimilated. It was the most fascinating thing I'd ever heard. On which thing? The the accent, the just just the the, the dialect and the accent and the way the way they. Oh spoke. yes, 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 yeah. You know, there's there's a number of uh, unique accents down in South Louisiana. Yeah, Baton Rouge has one. Lafayette has one. New Orleans has one. Yeah, it's it's so crazy. Yeah, I was in my mid twenties working for an architectural engineering firm. We were working on a presentation, and at that point in my life, I'd never heard anything like that, and I was just captivated. It was almost like hearing a British accent. I was like, "How is that happening?" <laughs> so, yeah, you you pretty- know, there are still some relatively isolated spots in Louisiana where where people speak French first. Okay. Okay. It, it's remarkable that that could still be going on, you know, yeah. in 2023. Absolutely it is for sure. Well, hey, it's great to meet you and I want to kick our conversation off with the last three and a half years living through a pandemic. How did you get through it and how did it change you now that we're kind of coming out and things are opening up now? Well, <clears throat> Man, that's a great question. Yeah. Uh, and I I think I would answer it. Oh, is the is the audio okay? You want me to plug in my uh my headset or I'm getting I'm getting okay? Yeah, I'm getting you pretty clear. I think we're in good shape. All right. Um so yeah, I would answer that two ways. Uh one personally for me and and then one for my business. You know, we um we, I have a, a a startup that's about four years old, and uh, we teach business and economics to kids across the web, all over the world. Um, and and so I I had a a big impact to my business as well as a big impact to my life. Uh, for me, you know, I'm a I'm like a uh, kind of an introvert and uh, low key kind of guy. But but being just shut off from society was was hard on me. You know, I mean, it's like, what the hell? You you're not supposed to leave your house. You can't go to a restaurant. People give you nasty looks if you're not wearing a mask. Yeah. And uh, it was it was taxing. I I am so sympathetic to people who already, you know, maybe they're very social or or maybe they already had some some mental health difficulties and all of a sudden this got dropped on them. I can hardly imagine. I'm, I mean, I mean, children committed suicide. It's 
I know a family where a, a healthy 16-year-old killed himself. Wow. And so um, it was tough. If I didn't have, at, at the time, I had this big, beautiful Rhodesian rich bag. And we would we just started going out to the park and spending the day uh, there. And and if I didn't have something like that, man, it would have been very, very hard. Yeah. That was just me personally. I, in fact, right now I've been campaigning against our state representative uh, who was just terrible on the, the COVID response in, in our area. Yeah. So and she's up for reelection. So we, we're trying to get rid of her. But uh, so, yeah, I came through it. I mean, fine, but but it was it was rocky yeah. for my business. You know, we 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 drop into classrooms anywhere in the world practically overnight and, and bring really advanced business and economics to really young kids. So it's uh, um, it's it's sort of a uh, uh, revolutionary thing that we're doing. But when when COVID hit, all the schools stopped yeah. and and our business just stopped. But fortunately, uh, I built it as a as a very very low cost business, so I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't laying off people. I, I didn't have the cash flow that was killing me. We just kind of went into hibernation, and and worked more on on our curriculum and you know lessons that were on the drawing board and that kind of thing. And but it, but even then, after uh, the emergence, you know, in schools. They had them jumping through the craziest hoops, separating kids by, you know, six feet and, and barriers in the classroom and masks and and testing, taking their temperature every day. One kid has a high temperature, the whole the whole class goes home for a week. Just and and so for for another good year, schools were doing nothing but managing the, the COVID response. So Again, that that really hampered our our business a lot. But uh, now, in the last year, eighteen months, uh, we've been getting back on track and and uh, getting back to back to work. So, thank God. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get to the crux of exactly what you do for a living. If I put you in front of a bunch of third graders, it's career day, and one of the kids says, "Hey, what do you do for a living?" How do you answer that child? I'd say that that I have a a, a web based business and and that uh, we built a, we figured out how through a lot of trial and error to to teach um, really advanced stuff to really young kids and and we built that out. I mean, this is an age when it is the opportunities are greater than ever. You know, you can have an idea that has an extremely narrow focus, but you can reach out to, to several billion people across the world and, and find your audience more easily than, than ever. And, and so I'm one of the entrepreneurs that's, that's working in that space. And, and that's an opening for artists and and for musicians and you know now you don't you don't need a label anymore right you can go straight to your customers and and that's that's a new world that's a fantastic thing and uh and i would encourage those little kids you know think about your life in those terms the, the possibilities that, that that opens for you 
So when you were in the third grade, what was your dream? What did you want to grow up and become when you were older? Wow. Third grade. Third grade. I'm not sure I remember who my third grade teacher was. Uh, Mrs. Slack was in the fourth grade. And I tell you, I had no idea at the time. My my horizons were very narrow. It was like, um, you know, what's for dinner? What's up with my dog? Uh, when do I go out and play? Yeah. It was the the world. You know, I grew up in a in a Alexandria, Louisiana. At at the time, you know, it was a a tiny southern town, and uh, you know, it's just the world was fairly that the horizons were fairly close in. And so it's nothing like today. You know, we have uh, one of the exercises we do with sixth graders is is they sit down and think about what they want to do with their life and they design a business card and then they, they introduce themselves to each other and, and learned all that routine and maybe make up an elevator pitch. And the things, you know, people say, well, isn't it kind of early for that? And it's not. These, these kids are. I have a I have a bunch of business cards from five years ago, and I have kids who said they were going to be an engineer, and now they are. They are like a senior in engineering, or uh, in one case, there's a girl that said she was going to be an astronaut. She's at NASA now. Wow! So, at these very early ages, they really are thinking about these things, and it's it's not too soon for them to be kind of mapping out their next steps. So. Let me ask you this. Who's been kind of an inspiration, a hero for you in your life that's helped you get where you're at? You know, and, and the youngest I can remember is uh, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. And I was I was reading his uh, biographies when I was not in the third grade, but, but probably the sixth grade. And that, that guy is, is really so amazing such a polymath you know into everything architecture politics math um economics you name it and and also such a a, a thoughtful and and uh and considerate guy you know he was so shy this guy was so shy he never spoke in a group of people you had to talk to him one-on-one -on -one. Wow. Who knew that? You know, this yeah. is the guy that inspired freedom around the world with the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. And and yet he was so shy he could hardly talk to anybody. Wow. But he he was also a great horseman and 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 uh great with a rifle. Just a, a super accomplished uh super accomplished guy. So he had a, a, a huge influence on me in, in many, many ways. So if you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now that's inspirational to you, who would you love to meet and talk to? I think it'd have to be Musk. He, okay. is, he, is, he has got, again, so many dimensions to him. You know, he's hard to nail down as far as exactly what's going on. But, um, he, you know, he, he's uh, extremely influential. He, he, he's he goes his own way. He's not a, uh, you know, he doesn't just echo the the current slogans to try to get along. What was what was the most recent one? Uh, 
Oh, yeah, I think he said the the, hef, the left hates Jews. Like, you know, and he just puts out these short little yeah. things and, and it's so provocative. And and so many people react to it. Uh, I also hear that he's an excellent engineer. Yeah. Um, and a real, you know, committed to to, to truth. Uh, what he what he did with Twitter was amazing. You know, he, it it looked like, and it still may have been a bad business deal for him. Um, I think the amount of money that he's that he's put into Twitter. Could potentially threaten his uh, his ownership in Tesla if if things were not to go right for him. Yeah, but but you know he's a gambler. He's like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm making this move, going yeah. with this guy, whatever. Yeah, but I think it has to be. I think it has to be Musk for anybody who's alive today. So not that he was called, you know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. We'll we'll get it out there. So. It's interesting, you know, for someone like Elon, you know, there's so much motivation and inspiration that goes into what he does. What is that for you? What gets you out of bed every day? What gets you to want to accomplish and meet the goals that you have for your life? You know, for me, what, what, I, I did a, a long career in industry and, and uh, I learned all the things that I'm teaching kids now about business and economics are things I learned firsthand. And it's so useful and helpful to them. This is this is like you know if you if you teach somebody physics, then they understand how the world works, and and they can work with their the stove in their house or their air conditioner, or their car. You know they they can understand how these things operate, and and economics is how how the social world operates, how people function together, and and it's. It's so incredibly helpful to know that as a child. And so I, the the stories that we get back from schools, uh, the impact that we have. I mean, you're when when you're teaching kids, you're interacting with their minds. You know, it's I mean, it's and it's uh, it's it's a beautiful thing, and it's also a very weighty thing. You know, because this is some, and it's not your child. You know, some other person's child's mind that you're that you're interacting with, and so you have to be extremely careful about that, and extremely mindful of, you know, what you're doing. So, but then the feedback that we get, um, a principal told me the other day that uh, she overheard two girls in the lunch line, and one says to the other, "How much do you think the profit margin is on those Nutrigrain bars?" I mean that's pretty cool, you know. Yeah. So every day we're in their heads. They're they're adopting the language. They 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 have these experiences uh, in class that that they continue to talk about later. You know, com- becomes part of their culture. And so I mean that's what gets me out of bed in the in the morning is to is to give that to more and more kids. So speaking of youth, if you were to have a dream tonight, you ran into a younger version of yourself, say your senior year in high school. You could mm. give that version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained, the successes you've had, the things you've overcome. What advice would you give that younger self? I would say get off your ass and get to work. You know, <laughs> stop stop screwing around. I was a, a real late bloomer and, uh, again, had very narrow horizons uh, for much of the time. And I would say... Uh, you know, open your eyes, see the world, and and get going. You're, uh, 
I mean, I, I stayed in high school an extra year. I could have graduated when I was uh, at the end of my junior year, but but I was too busy with girls and track and and uh, wanted to hang around and, and just play. And, you know, I, I would have said, you know, get your ass in gear. So of all of the people that you've touched and all the people you've helped motivate and change, what's been one of your favorite success stories? One that always puts a smile on your face. Well, you know, um, I guess there have been a few, but um, one of the one of the beautiful things is, you know, the first thing almost none of our teachers uh, have any background in business and economics, and and their first response about teaching middle school MBAs, I got, whoa, this is above my head. I, uh, this is. No, I don't think I can do this. And then once they they get into it, they go, wow, I understand it. It's easy. I always wanted to know that this, this is so cool. And and so one of the things that's, that's happened a couple of times is I'll have a teacher that says, you know, I, I'm a little I'm a little intimidated about this. Could you come team teach this with me? For, for a while, you know, you come teach a class and I'll watch you do it and and then I'll teach you class and, you know, and so I, I go, okay. And, and uh, you know, I'll go show up at, you know, in, at their school and so it'll go maybe the first day we do that and then the second day maybe we do it again. On the third day, they're like, why are you still in my classroom? You know, get out of here. Which is, you know, they they tend to be a little possessive about their rooms, and 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 very quickly they become confident, and they're just like, you can leave. We don't need you anymore. Yeah. That's really nice because, you know, my one of my big concerns was uh, whether a teacher with no background in business could teach this stuff, and and what I found is they're actually better than I am because they have real teaching skills, they're actual teachers, and they know every child in the class. So they know how to push their buttons, how fast to go with them, all that kind of stuff. You don't, you just show up as a volunteer teacher, you don't know any of that. Yeah. And and so uh, it's really beautiful to see them pick up this this bundle of knowledge that I've handed over to them and and teach it better than I can. That's, yeah. that's amazingly rewarding. So everyone out there, John, has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you ultimately run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Boy, that's a tough question. Where do you get these tough questions? I just, I think uh, about it. <laughs> <laughs> Who do I think I am? I'm, I'm this, um, this, this kid who was dyslexic, who, who kind of stumbled around um as as a child i was i was overweight i was uh you know i i struggled with a number number of things and uh, a few people along the way have kind of uh helped me find my path and and now i'm i'm just as this dude walking his path you know and and, and this is the path i got and and uh, for better or for worse, it's, it's my job to walk it. So I'm, that's just what I'm doing. The great answer. So, John, if anyone wants to hire you, learn more about you, reach out, 
how do they do that? Uh, MiddleSchoolMBA.com is the best is the best way to to reach us. You can you can see everything about Middle School MBA. You can there's a there's a connect page to to contact us. So MiddleSchoolMBA.com. That's 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 it. Excellent. This has been wonderful, John. Thank you so much for your story. Thanks for your time, and best of luck with everything. I appreciate it. Thank you, and thanks for the hard questions this early in the morning. It's a <laughs> I appreciate that. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Music